Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All you have got them all hanging around. Jeff's guests appear on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone lines. The experts when it comes to disaster cleanup. Service Master by Cornerstone. Now, back to the Jeff Calkins Show, live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Pike Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Today, it's special guest host Brad Carson on 92.9's Jeff Calkins Show. You're a growing cold and I want it another deal. 10.07, it's the voice of Brad Carson in for the Jeffs. Both on vacation this week, uh, Jeff in Michigan, uh, Jeffrey at Parts Unknown. I think he's in Texas. He'll be on uh, as a guest this afternoon during the Giannato and Jeffrey show. Uh, next up at around 10.30, we'll have Gabe Kuhn. Right now, let's catch up on the Grizzlies and uh, more Memphis with Chris Harrington. Now, it's Chris Harrington, live on 92.9, discussing the Grizzlies, Memphis, and more. It's funny, I just drove through Mason, Tennessee. We've got the voice of Johnny Cash. Uh, what are we listening to here, Chris? That's uh, Johnny Cash with my old faded rose. Maybe the old rose has a little life left in it. We're going to find out this season for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, for real. Yeah. Um, so let's just kind of go all the way back here to Friday. Uh, you know, we're kind of catching up. I know you were on while you were on vacation. Um, several moves in the trade in the trade department, but then we had free agencies sort of explode on Friday, and we start right at the top before we get to Desmond Bain and his max contract. Derek Rose returns to Memphis, and I've talked to a non-Memphian on the radio this morning at 10 o'clock from Houston who thinks it's crazy and doesn't quite understand it and sees it as a nice story, but a, a, a player who hasn't played very much um, and sort of questions what's the leadership value in the John Morant story. And, uh, and then we had John Martin on next, and John and I sort of arrived at give it, give it, a, give it a shot and see what it looks like those first 25 games. Where do you stand on the uh, Derrick Rose thing that you, you've reported it for uh, in the Daily Memphian? I, I was certainly surprised by it. Um, I think it's important to understand that while it will be received as, quote-unquote, a good story, that is not the reason it happened. Um, this is not, not, not to throw any, you know, darts at Chris Wallace who receives too many, but uh, Chris Wallace was a Grizzlies executive who, who loved a good story and was prone to be swayed by, by that kind of thing. That is not this front office. And so it, it's hard to maybe for some people to like, you know, accept this. And even though like the team's own, the marketing department has, has tapped into it, Derek Rose's history in the city of Memphis has zero to do with, with, with the decision to sign him. Um, whether it would be a good move or not remains to be seen. I, I, I think strictly from a basketball perspective, there's a case for it. But to me, it is not an enormously persuasive case. Like, it, you know, the, it is true 
that they didn't have a lot of even even when John Morant comes back after twenty five games, there were only going to be four guards on the roster. Teams typically carry at least five guards, so yeah. guard depth was a problem. But then while Morant's out for you know what may end up being a third of the season, they were only have three guards, and so like like guard depth was a big issue. And as much as people will point to the small forward situation, even before this, I had sort of pointed, I had brought up different names. But I had pointed to the idea of, 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 of using that last roster spot on a combo guard would make a lot of sense. Someone who could, who could play big minutes while Jaws out, yeah. who could add to your depth, someone who could handle the ball, create offense for, for himself and, and other players. There was a real need for a player of that type. And Derrick Rose is a player of that type. The question from a basketball perspective would be, was he the best player of that type you could have gotten? Um, and, you know, both in terms of a basketball standpoint, in terms of, uh, of, of, you know, his contract having value to you. Sure. I think it was surprising to a lot of people because he had barely played last season. He averaged 12 minutes a game, only played like 27 games for the Knicks, basically got a DNP, got a DNP through two rounds of the playoffs. I think a lot of people weren't sure he was going to, he was going to be back in the NBA. I think a lot of people aren't sure what, how much he has left. Yep. And to sign that player and to sign that player on a two-year guarantee contract, I think strictly in basketball terms is pretty surprising. But I think what is key here is that it wasn't just about that. Yeah. It was partly about that. They, they did have a need for that kind of player. But more than that, it's about the team being convinced that he is someone who will be meaningful to them in their locker room and in their culture broadly – but then also specifically in terms of an influence on John Morant, I do think is, a, is a, not the entirety of the puzzle, but is a big piece of the puzzle. And given that the signing is, was heavily influenced, I think, by that, to me that's a hard thing for me to, for, for me to judge from the outside. I'm just going to sit back and hope mm-hmm. they're right. Yeah, but it, yeah. I don't think this was just about basketball on the court, and I don't think this had anything to do with like a good story or marketing or any of that. It's, it feels like, because before we talked about like Danny Green as this locker room presence that might be helpful, right? Right. Uh, that it was, it a, was not. It was not helpful. Um, right. We talked about uh, mature guys like uh, Jaron Jackson and presumably Desmond Bain and, and their presence. You know, one was a four-year player at, at TCU. One was grew up in an NBA family. Um, and I'm not trying to compare attitudes here. I'm just, we're, we're all talking around it, which is John Moran and this issue we're dealing with with these 25 games. And that's presumably part of why Derek's here. The other part of this, and you sort of alluded to this, is that we're projecting a couple of things because we don't hear from Derek Rose often, right? What he's right. like and what his game may show that we didn't see. Uh, and presumably a contract of two years guaranteed $6 million where he had other suitors for a, a small deal like that. Um, people have said that the Knicks, that he, he was able to play, he just wasn't playing during the playoffs, that there was more in the tank there. And then people have said he's quite a leaguer and quite a presence. You hear this through the channels with the Knicks. I guess it's just we just don't know, right? Well, I, I, my impression is that, you know, this was not a spur-of-the-moment decision. This was not – the Grizzlies front office didn't look up in the middle of the night on Friday and said, hey, let's sign Derek Rose. Mm-hmm. I, I, I suspect – I don't know this as a fact – but I suspect that when Zach Kleiman came out on draft night and said, you know, don't expect anything major, I think they may have already known they were going to sign Derek Rose at that point or strongly suspected it. <clears throat> so I think, I think a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, I don't know if research is the right word, uh, a lot of intel went into this. I, I think it was, this was a deeply considered signing. Yeah. 
and their sense of what they think he can mean for them culturally and in the locker room, whether they're right or wrong about that, I don't know, but I think they, there's a lot, a lot went into making that determination. And I think it goes to sort of the way Derek Rose's career has evolved in the, in recent years, sort of somewhat off the radar, certainly somewhat off our radar. He did, he did develop the reputation in New York as being someone who was very good with the young guards on that team, even when they were playing above him. Um, mm-hmm. There's the sense that he has sort of changed as a person, as a player, you know, over the course of his career. Um, and that and that he is highly regarded by young players. <clears throat> and when you bring up the Danny Green thing, I mean, I would say, and I don't. I, this is partly guesswork, but you wonder if Danny Green wasn't the right kind of veteran for John Morant to listen to, right? <laughs> right. Whereas I think someone like Derrick Rose and someone like Marcus Smart, for that matter, I think Smart was much more obviously a basketball decision given the level of player he still is. But he's also a veteran player. He's a veteran point guard. He's a guy who's sort of gone through some stuff in his career, not at the level of a Derrick Rose or John Morant, but he's got he's had incidents in his career, especially you back to college, right? Yeah. And so these are the kind of players I think you might think that John Morant are going John Morant is going to look up to a little bit more, listen to a little bit more, identify with a little bit more. Yep. You know, in a Marcus Martin and a Derrick Rose than maybe maybe than a Danny Green or some other just generic like good veterans you bring in. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, what I sense is that the Grizzlies saw this as something that can, that help, can help them basketball-wise, especially when they know they're going to miss John Rant for 25 games, and that can be beneficial to them even if Derrick Rose is not – when Derrick Rose is not in the rotation, yep. right? Yes. So maybe he plays a lot in the first 25 games, and maybe he takes a little bit of a step back when the team's at full strength, but he still has value to them as a locker room presence, as sort of an influence – and I think the fact that they gave him two years, I think you're right the other, that, that he probably had other offers. This was not a life raft from the Grizzlies or your out of the league. I think he would have been on a roster. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else would have given him two years. And I think the two-year thing is a tip-off. It's almost like a, you know, come be our Udonis Haslam kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. I, you know, in terms of a two-year deal. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of elements to this that are partly basketball and partly not basketball. Yeah. And I think it's a really interesting signing, and I, whether it works or not, I don't know. I, I will say that if it had strictly been a basketball contract thing, you take you set aside all the, sort of those soft factors, it's not the signing I would have made. But no. I can't judge those soft factors, I, and, and, I, and, but I, and I do think that they're important. You know, and I think the two-year mark is a good point because if you look at some of the deals that are being handed out now, they're being handed out by the Lakers. Uh, but you know, Malik Beasley is a one-year deal. I'm going down the list here. Mason Plumley, one year, like. The two-year guaranteed is a, is a threshold, it seems like, based on some of the numbers that are being thrown around here in free agency. And we're talking to uh, Chris Harrington, who's with the Daily Memphian. Of course, he's the, he's the man when it comes to Grizzlies here. Um, but in terms of Ja, and you point this out in your column, Maybe this is the kind of social media stuff we need him tweeting out because this was the coming out party That's finally right. for Ja. Like, you're not doing guns. You're not doing wild stuff. You're not even contemplating what he's excited about. You see it as, a, as an actual infograph, which is a picture of Derrick Rose and him. You know, it's, it's much more refreshing, honestly, right out of the gate. Now, that was a real signal um, yeah. immediately, and it was frankly helpful to me trying to write a column in the moment for right. how to do that. gave me sort of a peg because yeah. I, was, I was sort of wanting to write about like the signing is sort of about John Morant, and then John Morant came out and like embraced it in his first public utterance of any kind in, in, in more than a month, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, 
And since then, he's been a little bit more active on social media, which yeah. I think we're, we all have a little trepidation about him being active on social media, but so far, so good, right? Yes. So far, it's been good. Active positive, media. yes. But, 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 but I do think, as much as we may have trepidation about Josh stepping back out on social media, John had been so quiet, I think it's very, it's comforting to have signals of him being, you know, connected with the team and the team's future and sort of enthusiastic about the project in a way that, you know, I think we could have assumed because he's mm-hmm. always sort of has been, but we didn't quite know that. We didn't know how he was feeling about stuff. We still don't know how he feels about, you know, how the team's handled the suspension and all of that. Mm-hmm. But it is a signal that from a basketball perspective, that he is still embracing the project of let's get him back to the Grizzlies basketball and having success with it. That's an interesting point. Yeah. And we're talking to Chris Harrington from the daily Memphian. It's 10 18. This is uh, Brad. That's my voice. Uh, Jeff and Jeff on vacation this week. So I'm uh, filling in here um, on that point. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels like there over the last couple of weeks, we, we hadn't, we had the reaction to the NBA draft, which is where Kleiman spoke for the first time. And you talked extensively about that on the air and and wrote about that for the Daily Memphian. And I think, as a fan, I'll just speak for myself and probably some fans, we sort of came away with the opinion that, oh, oh no, is it... Is there trouble in paradise? And it's it's never been paradise, as we've seen through the dealing with what, what's gone right. down with Ja. But in terms of eggshells around your superstar player and how is that relationship going? So, to your point, maybe this is like... It's going okay. I mean, as good as it could go, given what we're trying to get around here. Well, I think there's, I think there's a lot we don't know, but but I think we can say that the the Grizzlies want to have success with John Morant still. Yes, and John Morant still wants to have success with the Grizzlies, and and, and that's the starting point for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Rose signing is an in, is a sort of an indication that goes in both of those directions. Of in, th- th- that it is part of that project of the Grizzlies having success with John Morant right. and John Morant having success with the Grizzlies. And yeah. so, you know, what, whatever else may, may or may not be going on in terms of, you know, the team changing its approach to Ja a little bit, which I think has certainly been the case, and how Ja feels about that changing approach, I think those, those questions are still out there to a degree, but the core of it is wanting, wanting to succeed together, and I think that seems to still be the case. And that, and that is super firm at this point, as opposed to you know, a little yeah. more hands-off, possibly. Chris Harrington's with us, and let's turn to Desmond Bain. I thought you did a really nice job on your Desmond Bain explan- explanation because I don't think fans understand the idiosyncrasies of max contracts in years and how that all plays out when it comes to all NBA teams and that there's there's money and then there's mega money, I guess, if you will. Uh, right. and, and there is a difference. Let me let me boil it down to there's a difference between Ja Max and Bain Max, and you wrote about this, but maybe you can explain that to people who are hearing this for the first time. Yeah, uh, the, the, ja, the Bain contract is going to end up being for more money than the Ja. That's because it came a year later under a different salary cap. But the jaw contract was, in terms of structurally, actually a bigger contract because the jaw contract included the potential to become a supermax. Right. Now, Jai ended up not getting that because he didn't make all NBA. But that was that was written into his contract. That was that was that was a thing that Jaw got in his contract that could have happened. It does not appear. In fact, it appears pretty clearly that Bain did not get that language. That they signed Bain you know, to the equivalent, either to a max or the equivalent of a max contract in terms of total money, but they left out those mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And so even if that's, you know, all last year we were wondering, is Jock going to make all NBA and get the super max? 
Well, yeah. Bain can get the All-MD or not, and that's not going to matter. He's not getting the Supermax. So they kept yeah. that language out of the contract, it seems, and avoided you know, that risk from a team perspective of a $207 million contract becoming like a $250 million contract. Yeah, and, I, and I'm assuming his camp said, that's fine. Uh, we'll take the five years. Give us as much money as you can under that deal, right. and, and we'll, we'll rock and roll. Um, the thing that I quickly pivot to, and I had Ron Hugleon, who's a friend of mine from Houston who does radio there, and we were talking about contracts in Memphis. And from the outside looking in, you look, whoa, Desmond Bain, 206, he's your third best player. But as, as I quickly pointed out to him, and I think fans understand, um, that's true. But in Memphis, that that's also has to be true. you know. And the other part of that being they got Jaron, they timed that thing out magically to get right. him on that low-do deal, basically. I mean, that that's one of the best contracts that this front office has signed, I would presume, right? Yeah, no, the Jaron thing is going to end up being a huge bargain. Uh, you could even argue, you could argue that even too much of a bargain because you're not going to be able right. to do a, a, an extension off of it. He's going to have to go into free agency, even if you resign him, because the number will be too low to extend off of. Oh, but but it can't, which doesn't mean they can't resign him. It means they can't they can't sign him to an extension before the contract ends. They'll have to let the contract end and then try to do a so new contract. So they can't negotiate like this year, even or something crazy like that, or or, or super early. I mean. They, they can, not this year. I mean, right. they, they, they legally can do an extension. The problem is that extensions are based on the last, see, the last year's salary. Oh. And so the last year's salary of Jaron's deal at that point is going to be so low relative to his value that even if you do a, a maximum extension off of it, it's going to be a lot. It's sort of like the Dylan thing last year. Mm-hmm. Like, it was the same, same, same thing. Okay. Dylan's contract was only $11 million last year, and so they were limited to what they could offer on an extension – and and that was sixty million. He ended up signing for eighty. Of course, I don't think by the end they would they didn't want him for the sixty. But but sure. But they couldn't they couldn't have. Done, I think they offered Dylan an extension and he just didn't take it because it was too low. And I think the same thing's going to happen with Jaron in three years. Yep. Now hopefully with Jaron, you just sign him to a new deal when it's over instead of letting him walk. But to get back to sort of the original mm-hmm. point, it's manageable right now to have all three of those players on those contracts. And so now they're all on their second contracts, or, or, or Bain will be starting next season. He signed it, it'll kick in next season. You're going to be able to keep those three players together on those second contracts um, and still have a good team around them. Yep. The problem's going to be, can you get to the third contracts with them when, when they start getting even higher? Mm-hmm. But that's something to worry about in three years. For the next three seasons, you have zero problems having all three of those guys together as they're entering their primes. And so... And still with the room to have, you know, Marcus Smart for twenty million, and and, and Luke yeah. Kennard for fifteen million, and, and Stephen Adams for fourteen million, and Brandon Clark for fourteen million. Like you have those three players in those big contracts, you have plenty of flexibility to build good team, a good team around them. And maybe it won't be those four players for the next three years, but maybe it'll be someone else. You know, if you move out, move someone in, making some more money. And so you think about a tier system on your roster. You have three guys making big money. You have four guys making medium money, and then the rest of your roster is going to be like you know low low veteran contracts like Derrick Rose and rookie level contracts like David Roddy. That salary structure is about right to build a contending team. It's just a matter of getting the right players in the right slots. But they sort of locked into that structure with three big contracts, yeah. four medium contracts, and the rest small contracts. And now it's a matter of sort of making you know trying to get the right mix of players with it. Yeah. Chris Harrington's with us. It's ten twenty-five. A couple more before I let you go, Chris. And we've got the the two hits tomorrow and and Friday to go through some of these things. And there's going to be more free agency over the next couple of days. But I, it it does seem like it, I used to make fun of the Lakers because it's basically two dudes and and a bunch of dudes. 
But all of these rosters, once you're, I'm not talking about the Houston Rockets of the world or the Orlando Magics of the world. I'm talking about the Boston Celtics, the um, you know the Milwaukee Bucks, and now even the Memphis Grizzlies. When you look at how you have to structure these deals, you you basically end up with one and two year deals. I mean, for a lot of these guys, like your Derrick Roses, and you're sort of working around the edges. That's what it becomes. It seems for all of these teams, not just the Lakers. Yeah, I think that's the way. You know, what I was just talking about in terms of like the three tiered structure of your of your salary. Yeah, I think that's the way it was going to go for a lot of teams, where you're going to have two or three guys on big on big contracts, and then a few guys on medium, and then half your roster is going to be either the the short term one two year, you know, single digit in the millions veteran contracts or guys on rookie deals. And I think that's the way most teams are going to be constructed now. You're not going to have the ninth guy on your team making ten million dollars. It's just you know you're going to there's going to be a sucking a sucking sound sucking money up to the top. Sure, and then you're going to be like going on the cheap for the back half of the roster. I think that's the way most teams are going to be constructed. Chris, was Marcus Smart their best deal so far through the trades and and through free agency? Uh, to best. For the, for the Grizzlies, yeah, for their team, for that team, for the team to be successful. Now, I'm not talking about the de- presuming that Desmond Bain was always going to get signed all along. I'm th- that minus that one is Marcus because you're talking about basically Rose, the draft picks, the development in summer league, and and the edge work is Mark Marcus. I would think would be the the best upgrade yeah, move you're doing. I, I always felt like they had one. They were going to import one player. You know, to, to slot in, right? Basically, to try to upgrade Dylan Brooks, yeah. right? Whether that's positional or that's just pecking order. But you know, like I never thought they were going to get someone who was going to be better than than Jaron Jackson or Desmond Bain, right? Like, right. like your team is Ja, Jaron, Desmond. That's, that's the four three. Could they get a better fourth player, right? To me, that was the best they were going to be able to do is to improve the fourth guy. And I always felt like they were going to go shopping to try to do that with Tyus Jones and draft picks. And, you know, we talked about different guys. We talked about OG Ananobi forever, right? We talked about various different yeah. players. We never talked about Marcus Smart, but it's the same idea. Mm-hmm. Are you, well, you move Tyus Jones and you move multiple first-round picks to try to get a better fourth-best player. And that is, that's what Marcus Smart is. Marcus Smart is a better – if you look at – setting aside personal opinions, you look at any, like, NBA player ranking at wherever. Sure. Marcus Smart's going to be higher on that list than, than any other fourth Grizzly. Higher than Dylan yeah. Brooks, higher than Steven Adams, higher than whoever – and so, to me, the best they were going to be able to do with those top three players locked in was get a better fourth player. Yep. And to me, that was the number one thing they needed to do this summer was it was improve their fourth guy. And I think they did it with Marcus Smart. And then at the five, if you talk about those four, if we're talking about the wings and the stars, short jaw, 25 games, and then you're filling in, maybe with Derrick Rose, yeah. maybe with Marcus Smart, uh, have you heard anything on Adams, or is it just going to be patchwork Lofton and, uh, and and Xavier Tillman here as we start the season? I mean, I I only I don't really know anything beyond what's been said publicly. Yep. And, and, you know, Zach Kleiman has said they expect – there's always a little wiggle room, right? They right. expect him to be ready for the start of the season. The fact that there has apparently not been any kind of medical procedure to me suggests that they do really expect him to be ready for the start of the season – because I think that injury was so long ago that to me, if they if there was some determination that there had to be a procedure involved, that would have already happened. That's yeah. my guess, right? With the Desmond Bain thing, it already happened. Mm-hmm. And so to me, if it's going to require that, I think surely that would have already done it. 
And in the absence of that, that tells me that, that he should be on track. But, I, you know, that's me reading tea leaves and listening to what they say. So I don't know for certain, but but that that's where the indications are. Makes sense. Chris, I'll ask you about some of these other free agents that are rolling in. There's some players still on the market. There's some other free agents, and uh, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Appreciate your time. I've kept you long enough. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Brad. Thanks. 1030, that's Chris Harrington. You can read the column on Desmond Bain. It really lays it out what his contract means and how they structured that deal. Uh, you can find it in the Daily Memphian, dailymemphian.com. You can subscribe to the Daily Memphian. Chris comes on with us every weekday here on the Jeff Coggins Show at uh, just after 10 a.m. Uh, Central, right here in good old Memphis, Tennessee. Coming up next, uh, the host of the Gabe Kuhn Show joins us for the very first time here on uh, the Jeff Coggins Show. J- uh, Gabe will join us next, and I'll ask Gabe what he thinks of the Derrick Rose signing what the Grizzlies did last week during uh, open free agent season and see what he thinks was the best move. Maybe he thinks Bull Bull belongs on the Grizzlies roster. Gabe joins us next here on 92.9 FM ES. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers over Overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. PN. Jeff's guests appear on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone lines. The experts when it comes to disaster cleanup. Service Master by Cornerstone. Now, back to the Jeff Calkins Show, live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Pike Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Today, it's special guest host Brad Carson on 92.9's Jeff Calkins Show. 1037, the voice you hear is Brad. The voice guy suggested, and on the line now, I'm joined by the great Gabe Kuhn from The Gabe Kuhn Show, our host here from 4 to 7 in the afternoon. You can find him on Twitter at G underscore Kuhn, spelled K-U-H-N 71, at G underscore Kuhn 71, and Gabe joins us now. Welcome to the show, Gabe. Good morning. How are you? Hello. 
Hello, Brad Carson. How are you? I'm hanging in there. My uh, dog is having post-traumatic stress uh, disorder. Oh, yes. My God, uh, you have two dogs. Uh, how did the night go? It, it was it was okay. Uh, you know, luckily here in East Memphis, we got a, a little taste of the fireworks like July second. So last night was sort of, uh, you know, it was the we we had practice July second and third, and then it was it was real ball game yesterday. And our our dog stayed quiet for the most part, so it was nice. But but peaches. Peaches, is she, she getting along okay? <laughs> she is. She was at doggy daycare. We went to my folks' place. Uh, for those who don't know, my folks live on a farm in southern Illinois. Uh, by the way, Illinois is not Chicago. It's mostly farmland. Um, and so went up there to the farm. You know, it's like going back in time, though, where they cruise Main Street for fun, and uh, the Sonic is the uh, the hub of the world. And uh, we went over to the river to Grafton and had a nice old time. Did you do anything fancy or fun? Uh, shoot some fireworks off yourself? Probably not with the dogs. What would you do? <laughs> Oh, I had nothing fancy or fun. Nothing. Nice. Nope. Hung you around. chilled. Uh, was poolside when I could be nice. without the rain. Um, but no, just just hung out. Just you guys have out. power? Power okay at the uh, the game? Power, power was all good. Power was all good. And by the way, I, I do have to correct you. Illinois is Chicago as well. It is. Um, but it is a lot of farmland as well. Yeah, I, 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 I understand that. Yeah. I can attest that, that Chicago is Illinois. Um, however, I think... Like when I tell people from Memphis, like when like I met my wife who's from Coldwater, Mississippi, and we started dating, she's like, "Where are you from?" Um, I'm from uh, Mount Olive, Illinois. She thought I was like a, a colonial British person or something. You know, it was like, uh, "Are are you from uh, you know Chicago? Like, did you grow up uh, in inner city, uh, Lake Michigan?" And I'm like, "No, there's there's really a lot of farmland and, and a lot of nothing, in the, and it's flat in that that uh, beautiful state of Illinois." I will say. Uh, for those of you who are interested in a little getaway, first time in a long time I've been to Grafton, Illinois. You ever been to Grafton, Illinois, Gabe? I've never been to Grafton, Illinois. It I, is a party. I, I will be honest there. It, they have they have uh, up their game in, uh, oh, it's by Alton, and they have this place called the Loading Dock, and there's a Pierre Marquette State Park. It's beautiful. Like okay. I, I thought I was in a different place. Like They've really uh, up their game along the river in Illinois. Um, but but anyway, if, if you're wanting to go north and you want to go that way, most people go Redneck Riviera. That's that's a nice place to go at it. So yeah, we were without power. It, it, the text messages suggest we were without power uh, in Germantown, and Germantown got hammered. I mean, if you live yeah. along Dogwood, it it looks it looks sort of like what it, East Memphis looked like back in March. I mean, they they really got it. So we lost power, but uh, everything's good. Peach is in order. And uh, we had a lot of sports, which makes a Wednesday after the 4th of July kind of nice because last week it was a little slow until we hit the open door for free agency, which was Friday evening. And, uh, again, we got Gabe Kuhn on the air with us. Gabe will be able to talk about all this with Connor this afternoon um, from 4 to 7 and catch up. But here this morning on Jeff's show, we've been talking a lot about D. Rose. We talked about Bain's deal. I think Derek is where we've focused most of our attention on because I think people in Memphis – are just excited about Derrick Rose coming back to Memphis. Uh, you know, it's 2007. We're living the memories. We got the 23 jerseys out. Forget the basketball for a second. Are you excited to see Derrick Rose back in Memphis? And uh, what are your thoughts? Absolutely, of course. Yeah, you tell me to forget the basketball, so I like how you I like how you preface that. But yeah, of course I am. I mean, the nostalgia is unbelievable, um, and to see him in the 23, uh, I, I was hoping that would be the case, but. Uh, I mean, he, he's he's meant a lot over the years when, when it comes to memories to a lot of Tiger fans. Um, and last time he was here in Memphis, uh, we we know how, obviously, the, it ended on a somewhat of a low, and we know 
what got vacated and everything else, but everybody remembers the highs of that season um, in 08. So uh, it's phenomenal to see him back in the city. Um, and, and I do think for him being a vet and having the presence he has, uh, I, I think he uh, he could be valuable to this team in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. But I do think it's it's interesting. I, I see some people out there talking about the basketball fit, and, and I, I think that's fair as well. If you, if you don't necessarily like the basketball fit uh, because you think he's washed up, because you think he's over the hill, I, I, I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with the thought process there, um, but ultimately it's so fun that I think it. Uh, I think it sort of, uh, yeah, completely leaves the basketball fit in a in a shadow. You're not worried sure. about the basketball fit fully. Yeah, I, and I think the Grizzlies marketing department it's probably having a field day today because you get like, you know you get the 23 out there. You have the perfect Memphis connection. And uh, we're talking to Gabe Kuhn now on the Ga- and the Jeff Hawkins show. I think Gabe, it's interesting because in the past, and uh, I think it was Chris who just pointed this out in the past with Chris Wallace in the front of this office, the front office, the Grizzlies. Many times there was this idea that hey, let's sign a former Memphis Tiger and we'll really get some butts and seats and really up the you know it'd be a great marketing buzz and that's going to and the truth is that that really rarely happens you know you don't bring on yeah. uh, Mario you know you don't bring on a player for PR reasons in fact you bring on Mario Chalmers who killed you in that that championship game it's interesting we're going to have Mario Chalmers at one point in a Grizzlies uniform and we're now going to have Derrick Rose in a Memphis Grizzlies uniform which is. Quite striking in in some respects. Terrific from a marketing perspective. But for Derek, it sounds like there might have been a a little bit out there for him. Maybe one. But he does get a two-year guaranteed deal at $6 million. So, you know, a lot of these players, if you look at what's happening on the waiver wire here, uh, they're one-year deals. Malik Beasley gets a one-year deal. Mason Plumley one-year deal. Uh, Torrey Craig, he gets a two-year deal with with the Bulls. Um, now, outside of the max deals and the guys like Bain and Anthony Edwards, it's guys that are getting one- and two-year deals. So this is, you know, it's it's a little bit of a step for the Grizzlies with $6 million guaranteed, wouldn't you say? But I believe I believe also, like, yeah, two years is what it is. I, I think that that's a, a, a better deal, a little, uh, little more money, a little more security there for Derek. But it is, I believe, if I, if I saw Chris put this out. Is that the minimum? Uh, it's the minimum for a player that's had ten plus years yep. of NBA. Yeah, he explained this pretty um, well yeah, in his two column. Years, two years is, is is a little more security for Derek in, in that in that regard. Um, yeah, but I think ultimately uh, there's still something to be unlocked there. Like last time he really played, he was really solid there with the Knicks for some time. And I, one thing I do like about uh, about him and what he's been able to do in his career, like Tom Thibodeau, I think's always been known as a disciplinarian, disciplinary coach. And I don't know if there was a year in Tom Thibodeau's career where he didn't have Derrick Rose, where he didn't want Derrick Rose on his roster mm-hmm. and, and featured. Um, and I think that does bode well for what he could potentially be here in Memphis um, and sort of helping helping this young roster understand what what's expected of them. They took their lumps last year. I think that's, a per, that's, that's the type of vet you need here for a couple of years. And I think – uh, regardless, one or two years, you're paying them the vet minimum. I don't know if the year should all should uh, 
should sway your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, and, and you're right. You know, Eric Gordon's deal is the same. It's two years, six million dollars. It's the same one for Eric Gordon. It's the same for now, Derek Rose. Granted, you could argue that Eric Gordon is substantially more. Uh, yeah. A little in more pedigree time, there. Willing to, or, yeah. or able to able to give you good minutes and, and, and a scoring punch. Do you think they should have went and got somebody else or in terms of the signing? And now we're separating from the PR, which we can all agree is awesome. But when you look at it from a basketball perspective, maybe maybe what we're talking about is this is a situation where you have a 25-game flyer and you have some, some run for him, you know? Right. There, there were some guys, I guess, that, that I think would have fit better yep. uh, from a basketball sense. Uh, like the, the Lakers got their hands on Torrey and Branch for four and a half million dollars a year. I thought that would have yeah. been a great for the Grizzlies. Guy who could play the three, the four, uh, can guard on the perimeter, can guard in the post, yeah, can shoot thirty eight percent. I thought that would have been nice. I guess a guy like Joe Ingles for a scoring punch for a year yeah. would have been. But I, I think ultimately we are talking about regardless the fifteenth spot on the roster. <laughs> right. However you want to use that, if you want to use that to to. See if you can bring in a guy that that can help your youngest players along. Yeah. What about like a guy like Ty Jerome? Ty Jerome and do anything for him? Ty Jerome. See, if we're comparing Derrick Rose versus Ty Jerome, I think. And that's the same I, money I almost. Rose, I, I I don't mind that signing. But yeah. Ty Jerome, I he's had some moments, I guess, but I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, how far would he be stuck down the rotation? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, a lot of the and a lot of this roster is going to shift. We we have the beginning of the season with the twenty five game jaw suspension, and then you have presumably what should be a, a playoff roster. And we're talking to uh, Gabe Kuhn from the Gabe Kuhn Show here on ninety two nine FM ESPN on the Jeff Calkins Show. It's ten fifty. A couple more for you, and I know you're going to have a full show on all this. But um, yes, you know, outside of of the Rose signing, you get the Bain signing, and you can talk more about that. I want to skip over to summer league. Did you have a chance to sniff any of the uh, summer league action from the uh, the hot stuff over in Salt Lake on Monday? Of course I did. Of course I well, did. Vince Williams got the sweet stroke there from the corner. <laughs> he looked good. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Lofton didn't really turn it on until the end, but yeah, of course I saw. Of course I got to see a little bit of summer league. I'm concerned because you know we know. Here's the other thing, and John sort of alluded to this. He actually bet on the Grizzlies for the Vegas summer league. Now we're already starting. Oh, really? in, yeah, no, he right. said it's plus two thousand is what he told me earlier on uh, on the Jeff Calkins show here. By the way, but he got in early, so I think it's down to the sixteen hundred uh, Grizzlies summer league. Still a reach though, uh, and a value pick possibly, but. The thing I I said, and he mentioned this as well, will uh, some of these guys be playing? Like, you know, will Roddy be playing in Vegas? Because I already know what we've got in Roddy. I I feel like Roddy's a good player, and he's part of the rotation. I think the biggest question marks for me is one guy that's not playing, and that's, uh, you know, Zay Williams. He's not playing in the summer league, so that seems to be an issue. And then LaRavia is playing and, and had a rough rough go of it on Monday. He didn't. I didn't see much from LaRavia. Now, granted, and I said this to John, and John said the same thing, You could these guys all have the green light in Summer League, so you could see them heat up and get 20 tonight against Oklahoma City when they play at 6 o'clock in Summer League. But uh, are you concerned at all about the LaRavia pick? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's hard not to be. He, in the second half, he started to show a little bit of uh, signs of life. He made a couple, I mean, he made a three or two. Um, got to the free throw line a little bit, looked a little better there. Um, but he was putting them up. Like, here, here's one thing I'll say about LaRavia. I, I think last year, especially in summer league, you saw no aggressiveness from him. Like, he just didn't want to put up shots. There was difference 
he finally even, you know, I know you say they have the green light in summer league. Last year he probably had that green light and didn't use it. Yeah. Um, he had the green light this year and used it a little bit. He just didn't knock down shots. We'll see how it goes today. Um, but, yeah, of course you have to have some concern about LaRavia. I mean, somebody's going to have to step up and be a, a solid role player at that, uh, you know, as a big wing, as that three and – you know they traded two first round picks for the guy. You can't yeah. you can't just um, you can't just assume everything's going to be okay because this front office has has drafted well over the years. They've missed as well. Look at Zaire Williams, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So uh, you have to be a little bit a little bit concerned. But but let's see how it all plays out. Let's not judge one game in summer league um, uh, to to sort of put Jake Laravia in a box. Yeah, don't want to put you on the spot. Gabe Coons on with us here on the Jeff Calkins Show. It's Brad filling in. How many times have you heard the Guns N' Roses joke uh, or seen it uh, over the weekend? Oh, God. I've, I've seen it. I, I, I don't know if I've heard it told. I don't know. I've not heard it in person yet. Necessarily. But I've seen the, I've seen the uh, what is it, the 30 for 30? Yes. Uh, yes. 30 for 30 cover. The jokesters come up with the graphics now. They've got a whole graphic department when it comes to uh, Guns N' Roses joke, memes, or or whatever. Uh, it, it, it gets yeah, out they, there pretty quickly. Well, didn't they have the Zion and the Jaw one, too? Ja, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, the story of South Carolina, I think, as told through the 30 for 30. I will say, Zion, man, they finally had to get his, his – the, the porn star girlfriend is no longer on Twitter. Twitter had a wild weekend, man. They shut down for a while. Oh, now they, yeah. What was it? Rate limit exceeded yeah, so just, how I, many? That is burnt into my memory now. Yeah, so if and and Odyssey has asked us officially, and I know you know you guys work on your own a little bit, but they have said don't get on and be verified, which I can understand that there's some positives, and some people who aren't on radio stations have to be verified. But I guess if you're verified, you can read so many tweets. It's like ten thousand, and if you're not verified, it's only like a thousand. You see, am I saying that correctly? Um, something like it's something like idea. that. There's new I, rules. It, it, yeah, it was like it was. This was the temporary rules that Elon put out. Elon right? did. Yes. I don't know the exact numbers, but I, I did find it funny that he was he was uh, limiting reading of limiting tweets. limiting his paid customers uh, access to read posts. Uh, that's just yeah, I don't know. I've, I've I guess we've always taken it for granted on Twitter, right? It, it, listen just reading to reading the post. Let's think about that for a second. If we were running a radio station, which we do, would we ever limit people from listening to it? <laughs> no, I, I think we do the opposite. It's free, actually, just like everyone. Twitter. Yeah, so everyone to click over. Gabe, I appreciate you hanging out with me for about twenty minutes or so here on uh, on the show this morning. Look forward to hearing you this afternoon at four. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, Brad. Yep, that is Gabe Kuhn from the Gabe Kuhn Show, host of the Gabe Kuhn Show, and you can get him on Twitter at g underscore kuhn seventy one, host of the Gabe Kuhn Show from four to seven. That's going to do it here on the Jeff Calkins Show. Make sure you're here uh, this afternoon four. For uh, the Gabe Coon Show, you got Giannato and Jeffrey at 2. Coming up next, Jason and John. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.